Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kia ora and welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod once again. When we left you last time, we were waiting to see who the All Blacks coach would be this week. Well, we've known that for a few days now. We know that Ian Foster's there, Joe Schmitz is assistant, and they're going to be there till the next World Cup. We know that the Irish people think that it's great. Other people think it's crazy and that uh, Scott Robertson should be there. And who knows? I want to hear what you guys have to say, but we've got plenty to talk about this week. We've got the All Blacks versus Argentina. We've got South Africa versus Australia. An outstanding Blackburns performance um, against Australia mm. as well. Your blokes in the NPC Harbour trying to do what counties couldn't and bring back the shield. For the second oh. time? The second. Harbour's only won it once, right? Yeah, second. 2006. Yeah. Plenty to talk about. Let's start. Bryn, thank you for coming along. Jipper, thank you for coming along. Let's start with Fozzie. I'm just getting straight to the point. Was the right call made? I think they went... Like, it was a pretty tough situation. Like Obviously, if there was going to be change, conversations probably had to happen before that result. The result happened, um, and obviously some strong support... Um, and I think they've, that they've got to a place that they're comfortable and confident with and are prepared to stand by, which is great. Like, I think we're in a position where we're clear now. The grey's gone. Um, I don't think um, it's necessarily what everyone was expecting, um, but it's, it's really hard as well, because like, I've been asked a lot about it, and it's hard when you're not privy to the conversations to actually understand what process was done. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, it, it does make it hard to sort of give a fair reflection of it. Mm. Um, But yeah, look, I think I'm really excited because I think Schmidt will bring a lot of innovation. That's what he did really well with Ireland. And when they obviously beat the All Blacks, that was part of the success and that was part of the story. And, you know, he'll bring a bit of spark and a bit of energy back into the players with, you know, potentially some different systems, either in phase pay or what he did really well for Ireland was um, strikes off off set piece, whether it be um, line out or scrum. So... From a fan's perspective, I'm really excited about that shift and, and where that can go. And I think we have seen a lot of change um, with Jace Ryan um, being in there. Obviously, there won't be any more leg lifts at mall time. Everyone seems to have copied at NPC level as well. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, look, I, I think um, it's, it's, it's a settled um, team and they can springboard from here. And they're in control of their own destiny now. Right. Bryn, do you think the right call was made? I think Skulk brought up a pretty good point last week. And, you know, if you didn't have the, the buy-in from the players, 
you know, I think it probably wouldn't be, would have been a different result with um, Fozzie not being the coach. But I think it just shows there that, um, you know, probably the senior leaders and most of their group would have had a say in thinking, you know, did, do you think Fozzie's the right man for the job? And so, you know, football and media them coming out by themselves, saying that this is our coach and this is what we need. So I think there shows, you know, it's the right man for the job, whether people think in New Zealand or media think it's the right decision. I think it was shown throughout that week, especially in um, Alice Park that week, what the players want and what they thought of Aussie. So um, I can only imagine New Zealand Rugby Union would have seen that and seen the result from that as well um, and gone from that. So, but look, if you're Razor, you've got to be gutted, man. You've got to be, um, you've got to be pretty gutted because, um, you know, we have talked about his, um, I guess his success and what he's done for the Crusaders and not even just at the Crusaders, New Zealand 20 levels, might have 10 cup level. Um, you'd have to be pretty gutted if you're him. So, you know, if I'm him, you'd have to think England would be the next opportunity for him because um, I don't think he'll stay around too much longer. I think, um, you know, for him, he's talked about a lot that he's had got ambitions to, to coach the All Blacks, but he also has ambitions now to um, coach another another team. And so you'd have to think, you know, he'd be the favourite for England. If I was England, I'd be I'm calling his phone straight after that 2023 World Cup or even before that and letting him coach with the English team and see uh, what he can do with that country. You'd have to think, though, Bryn, um, whatever the job is, it's, they're all going to be available at the same time. You know, like Fozzie goes to the World Cup and wins, and he's probably, you know, it's a great time. If he doesn't, then he's probably going to get moved on anyway. So that's no different for England, Ireland, Wales, All Blacks, Australia. That's, it's not like he's going to get in any earlier. Um, and I, I think he's pretty motivated to get in that All Blacks coaching setup. Do you know, Bryn, if he was... Like I, I, don't, I don't know. Has it come out that he was he was thinking it was you know he was going to go at it? Have you spoken to him? No, I no. Because we don't know like he if he wanted to do Actually, it. You know, like we're just yeah, we're we're assuming. Yeah, it would be hard to imagine that if it was offered to him that he wouldn't take the dream job. Um, you know, if you put a million dollars in some person's face, I'm not saying that's what it was worth. They put their hand out and they take the cash, don't they? Yeah, but if that's the dream job, then, and it's available to them to have the time, the full four-year cycle in 2023 versus England, do you think because of this situation he'd choose England over New Zealand now? Um, knowing Ray, I, I don't know that's really hard to ask because you know, obviously he went through that 2019 period where... He wasn't given the job and then there was obviously speculation within the last probably two to three weeks before the test matches and then the results of the African tour um, that, you know, he could be having that job. And, you know, if, if you know, if they All Blacks lose that test match, you know, then does, does in that situation with Fozzie, does he not become coach because of the results based on the outcome? So... I know he's a proud, I know, I know Razor's a proud man and I know that he'll be wanting, you know, the job. Um, but again, you know, he could be taking it say that he's missed out on it twice now or he's just missed out on it once. I'm not too sure. I obviously haven't talked to Razor about it. But, um, you know, as, as a player, if I put it in players' terms, you know, if it's the second time where you're missing out on a team for whatever outcome or if it's results aren't going your way, no different from a player, you're going to be feeling pretty, um, pretty, pretty gutted. But again, we're not privy to knowing I haven't talked to Razor about it, but I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking my, and my thinking around from a player perspective, trying to think about it as a coach, um, yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty difficult for sure. Equally, not just the fact he missed out on it, but that the process was a bit dodgy. I think in both cases. I mean, you talk about the result, you know, from a World Cup being important to what happens afterwards. Well, it wasn't at the last World Cup. They bombed out and still got the job. 
So, you know, you'd be wondering about that process and just how transparent that is. And then when you look at the week by week process that we've been going through and how disruptive and horrible that's been for the current coach and probably him as well to mm. understand what the future's like. Is he really going to be throwing his name in the hat for a third time to see if they're going to, you know, do it again? I think if it's his dream job, yeah, he probably will because he'll want it. And, and, and you know, he probably wanted the Crusaders job before he got that as well. Do you know what I mean? He does seem like that sort of person that loves to turn things around and, and show that, you know, his skill set that way. He does, he does his talking with, with his results is, and, and I think he would relish the opportunity. Personally, that's, from me, the outside looking in, I don't know him as well as Bryn does, but I think, you know, he, he would, he'd want to take um, the reins and, and, you know, get back to that world number one and, and dominate it. But I'm not sure that you'd want to wait until after a World Cup to decide your future, would you? You'd really be thinking, surely the negotiation is starting earlier. It certainly was for Ian Foster by the sounds of it. So, you know, when we think about post-2019, you want to be having that conversation. You don't want to be waiting for someone else to dictate whether or not you've got a job next year. Surely you need to make sure that you've got money yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. for your family yeah. and you've got a plan. No, I, t I totally agree. Well, like, yeah. It's no yeah. different to I what think before the win in South yeah. Africa, we said like, if, if, if there is going to be change, the conversations are happening mm. that week. You know? By the sounds of it from reports, you know, the decision was the opposite one to where they went in the end. So, sorry, Bryn. Well, no, that, that, but like, yeah. That grey area is gone now, which is good. So if we're talking around, you know, both sides, um, you know, Fozzie's going to be trusted to be able to go to the Rugby World Cup, which is great for that coaching group to be able to have the backing of the New Zealand Rugby Union to have, um, you know, a full cycle left, you know, whatever that be, 13, 14 months or whatever that is to the Rugby World Cup to be able to try and, and win a World Cup. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's um, all to be confirmed and see how the All Blacks go. Puts a lot of interest in the Bledisloe, doesn't it? Like, not that it's not normally, um, but like I heard Israel Dag comment the other day, um, just saying it'd be catastrophic if we lost that, you know, like that's how much that trophy means to both, um, you know, nations, but that would be, it's, 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 although there's clarity, there's, there's still a lot of pressure around making sure that the results turn around like we saw in the second test in South Africa. Yeah, 19 years of Bledisloe Cup coming to an end under your reign, having lost <laughs> to Argentina, having lost to Ireland at home, you know, he doesn't need another new thing on his, on his resume. No, no. And, and hopefully, um, you know, I just think that there, there, we must be so much more confidence, you know, just almost like the re rejuvenation of, you know, the attacking game and, and finding space and playing the brand of rugby that we're so used to from that second test in South Africa. And, you know, they, they're not going to be faced with anything too dissimilar. A little bit different, but a, the success that Argentina had against the Wallabies was via the, they doubled their kick stats, contestable kicks, playing in the right end of the field. I think it was 32% territory in the first test to about 60%, which makes all the difference when you're playing in, in the right end of the field. So, um, and I think, let's be honest, Christchurch, Dewey, the contestable kick game, my mate over there knows it very well. They have a hell of a blueprint. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be a similar, you know, preparation in terms of what to expect. Yeah, yeah. So are we expecting Bryn a change in team at all from the All Blacks here? Do you feel like they're going to mix up the way that they're approaching this, or we'll see the same team that got over the line against South Africa going out there to carry on and, and continue to make a name for themselves? 
Um, look, I think there will be changes. I don't think there's going to be a dramatic amount of numbers, but I think guys that, you know, you would probably need to see that haven't played a lot of test match footy. You know, you're probably thinking, I know it's in Christchurch, and you'd love to think that the likes of Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett, who are from Christchurch and that played for Crusaders, would be in that test match. But we've got to start seeing a guy like Tupu Vai, you know, that's been able to be he's there with thereabouts, but needs, you know, meaningful test matches before the Rugby World Cup. And if there are injuries, you know, there's another... I hate to say it, but, you know, a long-term injury with one of our senior locks, then, you know, we're a little bit underdone with guys that have been able to play test matches. So, you know, a guy like Tupo Vai, um, and you've obviously got, you know, Roger Tuivasa-Shek is probably one person that you'd have to think before this rugby championship is going to be eyeing up these Argentine test matches to have an opportunity at 12. Um, even though, you know, Davies played really well played really well in the in the South African test match um, in Ellis Park. But, you know, a guy like him, you've got to be able to give him an opportunity to see how he's going to go. If you're going to bank on him playing a, a role at the Rugby World Cup, um, and then you know guys like Hoskins, you know, Hoskins Satutu as well. He's a guy that hasn't played any rugby. Was able to go back and play for Counties um, on the on the weekend, but you know he hasn't played any Test match footy you know, in, in a long time. So um, those are some guys that I'd like. I'd be interested to see if they're going to get opportunities. Chip, um, you might feel a little bit different, but I think you know, we need to start seeing guys and give them opportunities uh, going into the Test matches and you know with the Rugby World Cup not too far away and the Test matches um, dwindling away. Um, each test match that's played. Yeah, I, I agree there's a couple of guys that probably need to get opportunities, but is it this week? I'm not too sure. You know, like there was quite a bit of change for that second South African test. Um, and I think, you know, that relationship that um, Richie and Davey have enabled to bring the best out of guys like Rico and, and, and others and around them. So, you know, do, do you want to break that up? Maybe not, like let them get set in, in their in their systems and their ways, and then potentially the second week, depending on how things go. I don't think there'll need there'll be a a rush to make too much tinkering. Only way that there may be change that we don't see coming is now that Joe Smith's in there as a, an attack coach and obviously a selector. Um, you know the perception of the way he sees things. It, it may be different, so that may you know bring about change that we, we weren't expecting. Do you expect much difference from him in that way? I'm not too sure because he'll, he'll have a style or improvements he wants to make on attack, but you're not going to be able to just rip it all down and start again from scratch. So they'll be slowly introduced. And, and I think it may not be too much phase play, Bryn. I think it may be initially we'll see a lot of, um, I suppose, variation off set-piece strikes and the way that we look to bend defences in that first, second and third phase and then find our way into our shape there um, and potentially kick strap. Um, in terms of, of how they want to, you know, like if we use the Blues for example, he was obviously involved in that setup, and they kick off 10 a hell of a lot for contestables to the wingers. I know I harp on and really enjoy that. <laughs> we just um, bring in James Parsons. <laughs> but I'm just stealing all their ideas. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Like You'd have to think you'll see some change, and I think that'll start up in those, those areas first, and then potentially the face play stuff will come over time. What do you see coming? No, well, I think just what Jipper's points are. You know, from just hearing from you know in the media, and then even a couple of the boys, you know, he's a very te- a very detailed man. So, you know, it looks like you know to be honest, we're probably gonna. I'd like to see you know the All Blacks all on the same page, and whether that comes through um, the first transition, whether it be off you know, lineouts or, or or scrums, just the detail around people in the right places. You know, you know when you know a guy who's very detailed, clarity in your role, and knowing what you need to do. If that's how you are as a coach, then it's pretty easy to see on the field people in the right places and doing the right things at the right time. So, um, but yeah, I think again, anytime you can bring a guy like that who 
has different eyes and you know looks at the game a little bit differently. I think the kicking game, Jip, I think it's going to be a, a big one as well. Uh, whether that be contestable, a bit more of 10 attacking kicks using Davey a little bit more from 12 possibly. Don't know how they might be able to, to change that. Uh, but I think it'll take time. We might see little things here and there. I think you're right, Jip, around um, first phase and, and your first phase of scrum and lineups. That's something you can do pretty easily as a coach new coming in. Uh, but then we might see a little bit more detail when I might see you know, Islander, they kind of have a, a four or five phase map play where that's, it takes, you know, four phases, five phases. It's mapped to four to five phases. So, look, that we, that we might see that coming with the All Blacks where it might be all in sync and thinking, man, for five, six phases, it looks like everybody's on the same page. And, I mean, because traditionally, you know, as a, as a professional rugby player, it's usually, you know, two, three phases where it's mapped. And then you start going into your phase play shape around you know, what that looks like, what you see in front of you. So, we might see a change in that area because um, just talking to a couple of guys that have been in the Irish squad before, that's what... They tend to do. Um, that's what they, how their game plan was set up. So um, it'd be interesting to see how they go. But I guess the improvements that I've liked from that South African test match is they were able to get to the edge through kicking and being able to animate and being able to get the players in the right spot. So for me personally, I'd like to see that moving forward and hopefully the Blacks can continue to keep seeing those spaces and bend teams with um, you know run, pass or kick. I think as well, like the biggest success, the way they found space is the forwards set a hell of a platform really direct carries, fast cleans, you know, whether Aaron was there or not, the next player was ball up. And, you know, as, mm. as Skolt said, they're just backtracking. They couldn't bring line speed because they're constantly going back, going back, and they can't have that time to connect, generate that line speed. So, that, I mean, it does sound a little bit basic, but that is the first and foremost, um, you know, mm. like, and I, and I think that they'll probably stick with that methodology early in the test match for it to open up later in the game. With the way that the Argentinians defend in comparison to the way that the Springboks defend, will that game plan work in the same way? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, you just got to control what we can control. Like, we didn't really, uh, we made the decisions based off the actions we produce. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it wasn't really about South Africa and it shouldn't be about Argentina. You'll be aware of their threats and the styles, and, but you can actually manipulate the D through the actions you take on attack, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think they did that really well. It was very simplified, it was very clear, and it got the results. Mm. It, it, like, it's so often you hear, like, rugby's not a complicated game, it's just we make it complicated at times mm. um, through trying to be innovative and, and, and push the boundaries, um, but sometimes just going back to the core basics. Um, and that's what I, I, I don't think Joe Smith's the sort of coach and he wouldn't have got to where he's got to by trying to throw a hell of a lot in. You know, you heard when Jace Ryan came in, like he stripped everything back and probably had less. And, and I think he'll be of the same approach except for that strike, strike attack. Because mm. Britt, I wonder about with Argentina, uh, I think we've seen the All Blacks fall into a hole with this before. They often try to play too much against Argentina. You know, but when you're up against the game against South Africa, when your coach's job on the line and you guys are copying so much and you have to get this win for the sake of everyone, you will stay very, very disciplined. So it's, it's, they've got to make sure they're able to stick within that format, don't they? Because it's, it, when, you, when there's not as much on the line, it's easier to go, OK, shit, let's just shift it. Yeah, I think so. I think you know, possibly the weather will dictate that as well, Ross. I think you know, playing in South Africa, the two test matches, it was dry footy, and so the All Blacks could probably afford to play a lot of bit more, especially in their exit zone. You know, back in their skill set with with not a wet ball, but you know, being in Christchurch and knowing that um, you know, the kicking game and probably playing without the ball and defensive pressure that they're going to be able to put the Argentine Argentines, it's going to be it's going to be pretty important because 
um, knowing that, yes, they'll be able to um, try to try and run the ball and they'll get opportunities in that, but um, knowing in those conditions, sometimes playing without the ball in the first 20 minutes, take away the, the, um, the passion of what the Argentinians are going to bring and put their skill set under pressure and then you know, being able to open up the game after that 20 minutes. They might see that playing without the ball might be really important, but um, I guess also for the Argentinians as well, they're going to pose a lot different on the attack side of the ball. Um, and I know that I've just talked about the conditions, but the way they played against Australia in that last that, that last test match, Ultrano and the, all the, the outside backs and their willingness to be able to rove in and around and their face play shape because of how quick that ball was in that game. I can only imagine um, the Argentinian coach, Ocek, will be thinking the breakdown, and I know we keep harping on about it, but at test match footy, it's so important, the breakdown and winning the collisions consistently. And, you know, the time that they did beat us um, you know, not too long ago, was because they were winning that breakdown both both on attack and then defensively. Guys like Pablo Martera getting over the ball, slowing down the ball, getting breakdown penalties, and being able to stunt the All Blacks' momentum. So, um, I do think the weather will play a bit of a, a difference around how the All Blacks will play, and you'd like to think that they can probably stop um, Argentinians of their position and make let them make mistakes in their half, and they've been able to go and attack from there. I do think we're going to see um, the opportunities for the All Blacks present themselves in a different way. I do think Argentina have made some you know, significant improvements in certain areas. One of them is their turnovers conceded um, and their offloads. They're so used to being the highest team of offloads, they'll chance around with the 50-50 and obviously high turnover count. And through those turnovers, that's where the opportunity's been. They only had five offloads in that second test against Australia and they only had 11 turnovers with nine penalties. So often in the past, we've seen 15, 16 penalties you know, 20, 22 turnovers, and that's where the opportunities, and that's why maybe it's appeared at times that we've tried to probably spread the ball because they've presented those opportunities because on turnover attack, that's probably where the space is. Um, but I, I think, I don't think you're going to see them chance their arm. You know, look, it will be a real test match. I think they've, they've got belief in their kicking game and they've got belief and they've, they've got a clear blueprint now after their success against Australia that territory is king, not necessarily possession, especially in Christchurch, but territory is massive and, and hoping that the opposition make the mistake that you don't and that will provide the opportunity. So it's a little bit of a different beast. And around that penalty count in terms of attack for New Zealand, Argentina made really good decisions around the breakdown. So when they entered, they got a result. When they left it, those, they obviously had 15 men on their feet, sometimes 14 if the tackler was trapped, but they didn't have three or four bodies in the breakdown aimlessly not winning anything and then that's the space on the edge mm -hmm. or the space through the middle because there's bodies on the ground committed to that breakdown. So they are really disciplined defensively and, and they've got a clear system and you know Kidwell's you know done done some good work in, in making sure that they are making the right decisions and the importance of numbers on feet if you're going to bring that rush rush defence. So back to our original point that kicking game will be massive because that's how you're going to have to manipulate that D. I still can't get over seeing David Kidwell in their box. <laughs> like, it's just kind of like, where did this come from? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's well. I mean, league defences are the rush. That, that is, they chance their arm, don't they? We see those wingers jam so much, and you know, at times you're like, oh, why don't you just drift and use the sideline? But that's their that's their way of of bringing it. So they obviously have seen the success of a rush D, and 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 you know, NRL coaches are are some of the best at it. Mm, mm. But I also think as well, Jeff, having, you know, you look around the league and how their tackle techniques, what their tackle yeah. choices are. So you've got people that can go the, the low chop, but the ability of being able to have the ball that's going, the guy that's going high to be able to dominate that tackle. And you look at league, every single tackle, 
it's all about winning the contest and getting someone on their back, you know. So um, having that kind of um, coaching style, I'd like to imagine that, you know, whether they've been able to micro that with the forwards or just the backs in general, it might be, you know, a 10-minute block here and there. We're doing our wrestling. We've been able to get guys on their back. So I think, you know, having that kind of um, in, your, in your arsenal as well is going to be really beneficial, especially with the big Argentine. They're, they're big men. So if you can get that technique right in the, in the, in the second assist tackler and you can be able to slow down the ball, um, I think, you know, David Kibbo, I can, I can imagine um, that would be some of the things that he'd be working on. And, and I feel like he's given them, obviously, really clear pitches. Like, OK, if you see this picture, get in there, have a crack, have a hunt. That's, that's, that's a clear and obvious opportunity. That's the tackle technique we want, and that's what we want you doing. If you don't see that picture, fold around the corner, set space, and go again. Um, so it's... And, and they, they, they're running with real purpose, and they're looking to get that clean, fast ball off attack as well. Um, so it, it, it's, mm. it's going to be interesting. Like, the... the the style won't be too dissimilar, and, and obviously the pressure's not off. So bringing that edge and focus that um, the, the All Blacks brought in that second test will be will be key to back up. And that's why I think around the changes, you don't want too much change. You know, you just want to be focused on not outcome focus, but you know, keeping comp, um, you know, keeping the combinations, building that cohesion, and you know, making sure they stay in the the present moment. Just for next job, next job, and then the outcome will be a byproduct of that. When we think about that second mm. test, and Scott Berger brought it up last week, you know, there are a number of occasions there where South Africa did very well and didn't get reward for it. It certainly wasn't a squeaky clean performance while it was dominant performance for large proportions of the game. But there was one try that was a try that was disallowed. You know, it could have been quite different. So, Bryn, when you look at that performance from the All Blacks in that game, what are the areas that they need to clean up for this week? Oh, clean up. Um, oh, that's a good question. It's a, I think it's just a, for me, it's just a continued, it's a continued um, improvement in the areas that we haven't been able to get right. So I hate to harp on the breakdown. It's, you know, I think it's been consistent and us seeing it, being able to see that in back-to-back test matches, you know, quick ball, being able to do that, you know, three, four test matches in a row and seeing that, that common picture because I think, you know, we've done it one week and then we haven't got it right the next week and, then we haven't been able to build that momentum, been able to build our game of being able to get to the edge of how we're able to. So I just think it's a continuation of that breakdown, being able to consistently win collisions, being able to get over the ball and being able to go past and keep giving the quick ball for for our halfbacks. And then I think the kicking game, I think, I think it's been able to um, keep keep harping on around making the right decisions of where the space is. And so, you know, Richie did that a really, a really good time over in, at Alice Parks, being able to kick to the middle. Our exit kicks were a lot better. Um, and then obviously with Davey and his his ability to be able to kick as well. So I think for me, those are the two areas that you know, I'd want to see. And then I think if the, the last one would be, it's been able to attack off box kicks. And I think, you know, getting the escort game is going to be really important that we did in the in that second test match against South Africa. But I think it's just been able to attack from that and been able to then fall into our shape to then, you know, off the second or third phase, off the kick. How can we stress them? How can we get ourselves to be able to set early been able to put teams under pressure in the, in the attacking zone. So um, those would probably be the three things that I'd be looking at uh, for this test match against, against Argentina. I also reckon to add to that, like, a kicks, kicks, kicking strategy is going to be so important, but kicks aren't always perfect. But that can be fixed by a chase line. So a really connected chase. You talk about the um, one where they were brought back for a penalty for blocking to create that space. like. That, that connection is a black wall and, and making sure they shut down time and space, but we, they do it together and they're protecting their inside and out. You know, because if there's one chink in the armour and it's compromised, it doesn't matter how fast you get up there, 
that that's the hole they'll attack. So um, I just think there will we probably will see a lot of kicking. So just making sure that 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 is a controlled kick chase line because that's so crucial because that could potentially be an opportunity as well. That first breakdown of that counter attack and and you know that they they will love to have a counter and they will chance around, especially if they catch it around sort of halfway 60, 60 out. Um, you know, a bit further back, they can probably be a little bit more patient because you know it's going to be a contestable. Mm. So if you were to pick one player this week for the All Blacks that hasn't been picked in any position you want, where would you make a change? What would be the key one for you if you wanted to make a change this week? Um, I suppose Bryn sort of touched on it. Like, I'm really keen to see Roger have a decent cracks and decent minutes, but I don't know if, you know, I've, I'm, I'm contradicting myself, I understand that, but... Uh, yeah, if I had to make a change, I'd like to see some minutes at 12. Um, but I don't know if this is the right week to do that. Um, but I also do like um, like that it's a consistent team because a little bit of the old school in me is like it's it's not a development team, it's the All Blacks. So if you're the best in your position, you should you know hold your position yeah. a, a little bit. But I know that's not the world we live in anymore. Um, but it's it's just I'd, I would like to see you know a more you know consistent team going out. Mm-hmm. I think for one one person one yeah, one person I'd love to see would be Stephen Perfetta. You know, I think he's probably one guy that, you know, whether that be off the bench and then comes off the bench and gets his debut because look, I think he was um in trying conditions in, in Taranaki. I think he, he, um, he played really well and, mm. and was an influence that influence that revolts for a Taranaki team that really needed a win against a, a strong Canterbury team that was playing well in the first two rounds. So um I think, you know, Stevie P I think he's deserving of of an opportunity. Um He's played really well at fullback, and you'd have to think that it would be fullback. But you know, I want to see Will Jordan at fullback. That's where I'd want to see um, a change, which with Will being at fullback and just seeing how he goes, give him a test match to see how he plays at 15. But you know, having um, Stevie off the bench would be um, a great way for him to be able to debut and, and reward him really for playing some pretty consistent rugby in the last 18 months. If he's there though, like, um, and I like it. Don't get me wrong, Bryn, another Blues man, great, great stuff, love the selection. Um, <laughs> um, it would be for Bodie, would it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you'd need that midfield cover um, and he'd have to do that 10-15 cover. Yeah, yeah, and in a game like this where you've still got to secure a championship, you're not going to be putting Bowden Barrett. Yeah, aside. so it's probably next. I just feel like that second week, you know, based on how things go, it just gives you... A little bit more of an idea. It's a new opposition. It's fresh. Keeping you know minimum changes to me would be key to that success. It is quite a different position to be in now, isn't it? Whereby, you know, you don't have the freedom to manipulate and build when you're under pressure, do you? Yeah. Then but, it's all about winning. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's so much outcome focus. It's all about the best side that can you know make sure they just nail their role within the system, and that will be. I know that's a little bit cliche, but the the, the outcome will be. I think if you get caught up and obsessed with the outcome, that's when you'll see performance and processes slip. Mm. I don't know if you agree with that, Bryn, but normally that's the case. No, it is. It is. But I think as well, I think it's important for when the guys are given opportunities, it's pretty important that they play well. And so, you know, I guess there is pressure. There's always pressure for playing the backs, as I can imagine. That's what what I loved about the South African test. Yeah. It's like Ethan Agru, Tyrell Lomax. You know, Samasone mm-hmm. Takiaho has probably secured himself the two jersey for a wee while. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who else was there? Um, Shannon Frizzell, massive, huge. I'll go back to it, man. Mm-hmm. Skulk Berger is no, mm-hmm. 
you know, like he, he's a, a feared six and one that, you know, some of our greatest All Blacks say was the hardest to ever play. And he said Shannon Frizzell mm. was the difference. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Some compliment. But he's the kind of player that South Africans respect, isn't he? Yeah, well, I think everyone. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it is. Um, I can't believe you knew my name. Hey, partner. <laughs> yeah, Scott, I was, I, was, I was in awe when he knew my name. When he was talking to me, I was like, come yeah. on. Was <laughs> <laughs> that a fanboy moment there? Yeah, it was. My, like, like Chip said, he's a, he's a legend. Absolute legend growing up watching him and you know, having him on the podcast. It was, um, yeah, he speaks so much truth and got so much respect for a guy who's done so much for the Springboard Jersey, but he's such an astute uh, rugby mind as well. So. Well, it's a bit of a fanboy, mate. He, he's got a massive fan of my dad, too. He, <laughs> dad, my father's <laughs> rang me uh, multiple times to talk about that story he finished it. He just thinks it's so funny. Um, which... I'd love to see the text message that John de Villiers sent him after, <laughs> yeah, yeah, after that story. Yeah. For anyone who missed last week's episode, oh. Skull, told, Skull told a story about John de Villiers being caught short in the changing room <laughs> um, just before a game. and uh... <laughs> He followed through. <laughs> followed through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who else have you fanboyed over? Are there many players that you've met along the way? You've just been like, ah. Well, probably two guys. I think it was like my debut. Oh, probably my debut, actually, um, when I was at the Blues, um, playing like Dan Carter and Richie McCaw with my first game and just obviously watching those guys growing up. I was actually in the changing room. I think I was actually with Ali Williams, and I said, oh, mate, is it, is it rude for me to go get like a, a photo, like to be able to go get a photo with Dan Carter? And he's like, mate, pull your head in and go get go, go with me. <laughs> <man."> <laughs> I was like, right, yeah, he was answers, just jealous so. he didn't want a photo with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so him and probably Will Guinea was probably the last one. Yeah, Will Guinea. I was uh, a big fan of him growing up. So I actually went up to shake his, shake his hand before the game. Like, he was just warming up and saying, who's this, who's this young kid? And I was like, mate, nice to meet you. Go well, go well tonight. So, yeah, those are the two guys probably. Awesome. Awesome. Then he came on the pod and you didn't have to be nervous because years later you're, you're well and truly... That's it, mate. Had the confidence just from that, just from that engagement. Him probably not even paying attention to me with his headphones on. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm probably similar. Like when you're debuting, like I remember my first trip to South Africa was and played the Sharks and Bismarck Duplessis. You know, like he he was he was a beast. You know, sort of like the Malcolm Marks of his generation. And I, I remember like not before the game. I'm a little bit more serious than the old mate. Um, <laughs> um, probably just nervous as hell but afterwards they have those um, boot parties out the back and um, I, I got speaking to his brother um, Yanni and, and I was like oh you know massive fan of your brothers right he's like oh the family's out the back well go meet him you know go chat mate he was just like he just looked at Yanni like what why is he here? What, what, are you, what, are you, what are you doing with it? Like, he just gave me no time. And, like, I could just see Yanni felt so sorry for me because I was fanboy and, and he just was, like, just brushed me completely. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> he was a very, very big man. Oh, mate, huge, huge. And I was only, you know, like about 101, 102 kilos in my first season of Super, and he was probably, like, 120. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a good... Good day though. Awesome that they have their family. You know, no, no sort of like aftermatch or anything. All their families are out um, in the car, just having a braai and yeah. chewing the fat with you know public. All the players are out there with with the public, and so it's pretty cool, pretty yeah. cool experience. And even when you're driving in, like they're all there, mm-hmm. you know, cheering, and uh, it's, it's it's an awesome experience. I'll tell you one from me, and it's not actually rugby; it's cricket. Um, it was Richie Benno, and Chris Cairns was my idol growing up. You know, some things haven't gone to plan since then, but Chris Cairns was my idol growing up. And and he, um, 
he retired and I wanted to talk to someone when I was, this is when I was working at Radio Sport. And I wanted to talk to someone about Chris Cairns' retirement and what it meant. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go to the top. Yeah. I'm an ambitious young 21-year-old. I'm just going to go to the top. And so I tracked down Richie Beno's number and I called him at home. And uh, Daphne answered, you know, and it was like listening to the 12th man. <laughs> Daphne Beno speaking. I'm like, hi, Daphne. My name's Ross Carl. Um, I want to talk to Richie. He's about, she's like, He's out in the back garden doing the gardening. But when he comes in, I'll get him to give you a call. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, and later on that night, the phone rings. And I pick it up. He goes, hello, is that Ross? I'm like, yeah, this is Richie Benno speaking. And I, I just about fell off my chair. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. She's <laughs> a man, a woman of her word. Oh, definitely a woman of her word. And I just, honestly, I was just completely dumbfounded that Richie Benno was on the other end of this phone. And I, I had nothing to say. I was just like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for calling me. Yeah, back. yeah. That's it's incredible. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the greats. Richie Venner. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. That was awesome. And then he talked and talked and talked. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was lovely when he put the phone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blew it, blew it early with the greatest yeah. moment of my career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, never mind. Moving on. Moving on. The <laughs> Springboks, they're going to play the Wallabies this coming weekend as well. Now, Obviously, they're coming off their loss. They're in quite a different headspace to the place they were heading into Johannesburg. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out for them? Well, they'd, they'd, they'd have to have some confidence that they can finally win in Australia. I think, what was it, 2013? It was the last time they won? Yeah. Yeah, so I think they've got confidence in the game, and I think they just need to stick to that. You know, like, you can see that... If you can disrupt it, it, it doesn't let them have the ability to... But as you said, they were still in that test match the whole way. You know, that was one in the last sort of five minutes. So um, I think they can have real confidence. And they're not going to Brisbane, which is a happy hunting ground for the Wallabies. Um, so, there, you know, there is probably no baggage or perceived baggage, you know, as we like to call it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th I think they have to be confident. And it's not all smooth sailing in the Wallabies camp, obviously coaching changes, there's a number of injuries, um, you know, so it, it's not going to be exactly consistent selection um, for, the, for them either. Uh, so, so there is a bit, and there's a key position at number 10. Like, if Quaid's there, they just seem a different group. Mm. And it's just, what does that 10 mm. look like? Is it, are they going to go for the secure um, abilities of Bernard Foley that, you know, it is going to be a kick battle and it's going to be the patience to win that? You know, Foley is really well versed in that, but Noah has the ability to turn games on its head as well, um, and be a Quade like he's got it there. He's got that skill. He's got that X factor. He's got that skill set. Just needs needs it to be sort of unleashed and and, and you know bringing that confidence, sort of like he did against um, England when he was a late change. You know, like there wasn't that pressure of yeah. overthinking that, and he just delivered. I just think. I think if there's ever a time now to just see how Noah is and him as the 10 moving forward, I just think I think it's got to happen now. I think just give him the confidence. You've got Bernard Foley there, and, you know, for whatever reason it doesn't go well, there's three or four test matches and they lose the rugby championship with Noah not playing well, then make a change. But I don't know, Jip, there's been a there's been a bit of time that they're spending Noah, and I thought he played really well in the English series. His goal kicking has been able to, you know, drive the team within a, a pretty – you know, a pretty good English team to be able to, you know, to play. And I think I even saw in um, some of the articles, he's played against top-tier nations every single time that he's been starting. So I think for me, I just think it's time for him to be able to get given the keys 
and being able to try and run that team and say, you know what, you're our guy moving forward, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna trust you. And I know I know if I was a player and I got told that we're gonna trust you, I would bring the best out of, of me as a player. So that's just my reason. That's my reasoning behind. It. I know it's gonna be tough because you know, I think Simon Curry. I think he's a really big loss for that for that group, and he played so well for them last year and was massive for them around the game line and been able to actually um, you know run kick and pass. He had that in his game and his when he was playing. So, but you know, for me, I think it's time for them to stick with Noah Chip. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it's no. Time I'd, for, uh, look, I'd, I'd, I'm not that phased either way, but um, I definitely think it's determined potentially on how they want to play and and who's got the strengths. There's a reason Bernard Foley's been brought in. I'm assuming it's his kick game, um, and 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 you know making sure that they can nail that. So that's my only thinking is you don't bring someone in just to. But I do agree with. I would go with Noah and look if it doesn't go to plan, you can get Foley out there. Personally, yeah. because you've got to make a call. You know, World Cup's mm. not far away. You know, so. It's hard to get your head around what's going on there. James O'Connor comes in at ten, then he's kicked completely out of the squad. And then you bring in this veteran who hasn't been around for a while, hasn't played in a few months out of Japan. Like that 10 jersey is a confusing jersey for the Wallabies for me. And I think someone like Kirtley Beale can take a bit of pressure off Noah. You know, he's obviously in the squad. I don't know, is he back from injury or is I, he still he's injured? He's coming back from injury. I don't yeah. think he's ready to play yet. Okay. Well, I think he's a big, you know, at 15 they have struggled and, and he can definitely fill that hole. Um, but, you know, that's what surprised me about the O'Connor because he could play 15 mm. as well. You know, like he's quite, he's pretty good. Like he had a pretty good super season. Yeah. And so, mm. yeah. And, and if 10's not, the, he can still relieve that pressure. Like we saw the difference it made in Richie's game having David Havili step up and take kicks and go 50-22s and it just frees you up. You don't have to be, it, it gives you a moment to breathe yourself. So players like a Beal, um, you know, like an O'Connor, They've got the experience, they, they are natural first receivers, they've got the ability with the high ball, kicking game. Mm. It's, it's key, that 15 I reckon is key to the set now up for success. Well, where do they go yeah. with that 15 then, Bryn? Because what we've seen four of them this season, what are the options this week? Yeah. We've got Pattaya, Callaway, Campbell, where do you go? I think it's really, it just depends how they want to, how they want to play, really. Like, for me, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I like, I like Jordan Pattaya, me personally. 
I like what he's been able to bring on the on the attacking side of what he can do um, with ball in hand. And I think, you know, if you can get him into positions to be able to um, go get one-on-one and win with a bit of space, I think he's someone that can, can do something out of nothing and bring something that's so exciting to that that backfield unit, but then, you know, if you have a kicking game, you've got the likes of Reese Hodge, um, that's, that's been there or thereabouts, um, you know, for, for a long time. But, you know, for me, I think if Kurtley Bell was fit, I would, I'd would i pick him. Just with what you said around Jip, he can really um, take a lot of pressure off in that second pivot role and give, um, being able to bring communication and inside to Noah and, you know, to probably young inside pairings as well um, with the 12 and 13s, um, with, with Karevi being out. I would actually pick Bill. He can um, he can run. He's got a great kicking game. And he's a really good communicator. So um, yeah, that's the kind of direction I go for. If Bill was fit and able, I'd go him, or else I'd go uh, Jordan Jordan Pataro at fifteen. The the key part, and because they're playing the Springboks, is the kicking game. And right, mm-hmm. Pataro, even Campbell, he's the most natural fifteen. But they're all out attack, mm-hmm. at all costs. And it might come off, but it is risky. You know, we talked about before about Argentina and the All Blacks, you know, territory-based, let, let them make the mistake, you know, defend, be physical with the ball. You just, yeah, it's, um, you know, then I think you potentially, if you do a Campbell, then potentially it is a Foley or, um, you know, I like Campbell, but he does attack. <laughs> yeah. so, so does Pattaya, though. Um, it's just that kicking, I, I think that's where I'm struggling to find a player that fits that, but maybe that's just the style I feel that needs to be played that doesn't necessarily mean it's right for the Wallabies and where they want to, what their game plan is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, And I, I don't have a gauge of what that is just yet. That, that inconsistency is, is hard to get your head around. Yeah, and it's, um, I just think kicking is just so important this day and age at test match level. But I mean, I suppose the way the All Blacks did the escorts, the way that they were able to disrupt, disrupt. they've given the Wallabies what they need to do. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking about the Wallabies pack is um, McWright is playing well, but man, you're going to need a big body. And I was just trying to think, yeah. like, is there a, you know, could Pete Samu move to a seven just to get that, um, you know, he's a natural fetcher. I was just thinking, and he's and he's a power athlete. And it's nothing on right. It's just it's just body mass versus it's just science. <laughs> mm. Even though I don't know much about that, but you know, like you just need yeah. you need a big pack. You yeah. know, you saw the difference, Rizal, man. It, it was a big. I don't know. Yeah. I just think if you had. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's nothing. That's nothing against McBride, but yeah, I think you're right, Jim. Like you've got to be able to have those big bodies, and especially with what. South Africans are going to be bringing, whether it just be at you know, line-out malls or whether it be at scrums or just physically around the breakdown, both on attacking and defensively. Um, yeah, that's hard to say that McWrights, you know, that's tough on him, you know, but again, it's um, it's just match footy, you know, big bodies. Jeez, when you're playing South uh, Africans, uh, you need as many as you can. I think he's, he's not far off like an international seven. That might be, mm. you know, because like he just has that hybrid game, doesn't he? He's not a six, he's not an eight, he's not a seven, but he's... He's always mm. in, he's always there he's always into everything he, he loves making his presence felt mm. don't know just an idea he always says, I actually overheard a, a conversation that he had uh, one of his interviews his mindset is around to be around the ball wherever I think his old man was telling him, if you you're a good seven if you're around the ball if you uh, whether it be link play defensively intercepts and he or is. whatever it may be and he is and that's it like you that's don't listen there's never a game you watch that Pete Summers involved in that you don't go well, where was he today 
Mm. He is always around the ball. Yeah, whether it's because it's his haircut or his play, you, yeah, yeah. you can tell he's there. Or his moustache. <laughs> you absolutely know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be interesting the way that moves forward because if he yeah. can prove himself, and he's been waiting for an opportunity to show that he's a starter, hasn't he? Yeah. I just think it would be, be smart in terms of how they need to match. If you don't match the Springboks up front physically, mm. you're not going to have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Laurie Fisher's going to change much coming in? Again, I think it's similar to Schmidt. Like they're not going to make drastic changes, and and they're probably not the right people for the job if they do try to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't want to disrupt the environment too much. You just want to bring about it slowly, because there's always there's already pressure on both environments. Mm. You know, like you don't need to add stress to that by trying to learn, you know, new stuff in a week, and what three training days really. Yeah. Who'd be an international coach? Oh, she is you know, not. Like, she's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, yeah. She is not. Come and go. Your, yeah. your job is on the line. You never know when it's all going to be over. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, Mister Razor. <laughs> yeah, Razor. Yeah, bringing Razor back into it. Like, do you think he feels valued? Do you think he feels valued right now? I hope. I, I hope so. I, I hope so because he's so good. Like his record. Like we can't talk about it enough. You know, I hope he does, because he is—he is—he is a big part of the All Black future. There is no doubts about it, in my opinion. Mm. So I'd be—I'd be disappointed. At, like, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to, to get your head around it. Like, when, when I think about that, obviously the fans value him to a great degree. But well, they value the, winning. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. But they also value everything else he brings to the table as a character. But when you you look at what the fans brought in this whole debate, and it's it's pretty obvious that fans' opinion isn't necessarily all that important. But I they do think, buy the tickets and I they think do it, watch it on television. I think that's a stretch because without the fans' pressure, mm. like that's what we've said. That's our gold nugget. That 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 pressure of expectation from our fan base. Our communities is huge, um, and, and extremely um, respected and honoured in the all-black environment. And to make no bones about that, 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 when they pull on that jersey, they are representing this country and and the weight of expectation that comes with it. And I don't think um, you know there's potentially these reviews or looking at how they can get better without that expectation. So I I, I think if they are considered. That's how it comes about because there's, they're not happy with the performances or the results. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not obviously gone yeah. to a fan poll, but <laughs> um, they, definitely, they definitely are a big part of the reason why change happens. Yeah, a poll on Instagram. Mm. Who's going to be the next All Blacks coach? Yeah. yeah. I, also, I also think, just knowing Ray, that he won't sit. He won't sit there and just be, you know, taking it a lot more, I think. Wilson's talking about in the you know when he had that podcast interview, he talked around that he wants to win two World Cups with two different teams. I think it will put added pressure on you know New Zealand rugby union just in general that you know he does want to be the world coach, but he's got ambitions to be able to coach other teams and wants to win World Cups with other teams. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, how it all goes. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to see him go. Like you said, we want him in New Zealand, but I think he's 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 got a growth mindset and he wants to. He's got ambitions to be able to be, you know, one of the best coaches ever to coach. So, you know, what, how can he do that? He can win, win a World Cup with England. He can win one with the All Blacks or whatever it may be. So, I don't think he'll sit still. He won't sit still. So, just knowing Razor and you know how ambitious he is in, in his coaching tenure. 
Oh, I'm sure he's not sitting still. He's looking for a seventh title, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he's uh, probably got his hands full focused on that. Yeah, yeah. Recruiting yeah. the next talent. <laughs> One of the other interesting parts about that whole recruitment process. Recruiting new coaches to coach with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does that. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, that's all right. Um, you know, we saw the players come out. You've talked about in recent weeks about them having the dressing room, but we saw Kane and Savir and Smith and Whitelock and Havili and these guys come out and, and say their bit, which is something we've never seen in the selection of an All Blacks coach. And I know that this wasn't an official job interview kind of scenario where you wouldn't want to weigh into it, but to me it's unprecedented that we saw the senior players come out and say, this is the person we want in the job when there was an option. And that was, it was quite an interesting way to go, quite different to what we normally see in New Zealand where you leave it through to the keeper. Yeah, but they obviously felt pretty passionately about it and, 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 and it wasn't like they were demanding. I think they just wanted to have their say in the process so that it was an informed decision, mm. you know? So, um, and, and then they were obviously concerned that they hadn't been spoken to, so they wanted to make sure that it, it was heard and... Um, I think it's a big factor. Mm. Like, man, sports teams to have the, you know, the dressing room is just so important because you're going to go the extra mile. You're going to put the body, and and it's also like, this is the one thing I struggle. I know it's a head coach, and don't get me wrong, I don't need another week of defense, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it is more than one man. Like, it's it's you know, like it's you look at the Bellamy's of this world, you look at the Razors, like it's not just that individual, like they come with a team around them and and I, you have to look at the team from a coaching aspect now that's in there and you have to, that must instill them with more confidence, mm. surely. Yeah, well, and a greater ownership I'd say because I don't think there's any doubting that their opinion was the deciding factor in this. I think it's a big part but it's a crucial part. I think it's massive, yeah I think it was massive. If the players didn't want him and they didn't have the, you know, Scott talked about it last week. If those senior players or the group in general, the majority really, were like, oh, we're not that keen, you know, we don't feel that this is going in the right direction, I think Fozzie wouldn't have been coach. And so I think it just showed how much of a backing that um, the All Black players had from him. They believe that he's the right man for the job. It shows how powerful it was in that decision. Because I've been in teams where we haven't thought that. Been in teams where like, decisions have been made because the, the head has, has lost the locker room and doesn't trust the, the coach. And so I've seen it on the other side. You know, so um, I think it was a massive, massive um, reason why Fozzie got the job because senior All Blacks and the majority of their group were thinking probably that he was um, the right man for the job, and he is. Well, that's why they've got the backing, and he's leading the group till twenty twenty three. And and if we use Bryn as an example, like this is, and this is not a piss take, um, but you, you've got Razor's back because that's how you feel about Razor. Do you know what I mean? Like you would, you know, you you're. You're in that, he's in the changing room. He's got, Razor has got him to walk over broken glass for him. And that is what you want in your coach and your, your playing group. It's no different to me if Tom Coventry was up for it. Like I'd be screaming from the rooftops, get get the bloke in there. Yeah. Outstanding, you know? Mm. And, it, and it's, it is, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty strong reflection of the way they feel about, you know, 
Fozzie as the head coach. Yeah, well, they're all in, and we'll see in a year's time whether it was a stroke of genius or an absolute mistake. Yeah, Captain and Hindsight. She's yeah. a beautiful, she's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place to be. It's a lot easier yeah. sitting here, isn't it? We'll just say, <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll judge that in a year's time. <laughs> Another New Zealand team that has gone very well in its development over the last few weeks is the Black Ferns. We saw oh, a big win, 52-5 over Australia. Now, we know that they've never lost to Australia before, um, but we did see them come close 23-10 earlier in the year, and it was not a dominant performance that day. Mate, like, the breakdown, we'll use that, like, this, the speed of the ball. Um, you know, yep. Kendra Cox said she got time to start running. Um, Lerohe de Mont's ability, like, I compare the way Kendra and Lerohe played, if you use Lerohe's first try that ran off Kendra coming around, you know how I spoke about DuPont and Intermark? Like they sort of like operate like Cody Walker and Damian Cook. And they, they, they're just off the, a bit of NRL. <laughs> yeah. But they're just off the cuff, they punch those holes in and around. And, and that just looked like a dummy half. Like to me, that was, that was Cook to Walker. Yeah. That, that when Kendra ran like a dummy half, just boom, uh, you know, a, a first mm. five reacting, not looking to set up anyone else, just reacting. Mm. And that speed of the game, you know, I thought, Ruhe and Kendra were massive, but she's she's good, man. Like the, just the 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 way she reads a game and her ability to stay in system, stay in system, but know when there's an opportunity and just you know. And she scored another one with the same reaction of speed. It's like that change of pace, Bryn. Like it's it's there. She sees it, and it's like whoa. And then she pops up and scores. You know, it, it was it was impressive. Really impressed with yeah. the work off the ball um, of all the players, especially defensively. Um, you know, massive. I thought, you know, another player that looks at home in 15s is Ruby Tui. You know, big defensively, but watching her work off the ball to create opportunities for others in attack, sort of like Corden Betty does for the Wallabies, like really effective and efficient. And because she's such a threat, it takes attention away, which creates that time and space. I, I, I really enjoyed the game. It was, it was free-flowing, yeah. up-tempo, um, and, and you can see the improvements they've made from end-of-year tour to even that mm. the pack four to where they are now, that that sort of that yeah. set piece, you know, even their scrum, you know, it, it, you know, the work Chrono's done, all the core facets of the game were just better. Their skill execution, the basics, the basics were just so crisp, mm. yeah. and they look so clear, yeah. all on the same page. Yeah. They know when to pull trigger, they know their role. Yeah, they're working. I think it's exciting. Fun. It's yeah. exciting. Like no, seriously was. exciting. I think the tight five's improvements with the ball on hand, being able to stay square. And a lot of the times the girls were able to go through through the tip lines because they were all animated and making the right decisions. So you can see that Wayne Smith and his ability to be able to, um, to, to, to upskill these girls very, very quickly with the, you know, with the, the previous two test matches against with the, also the Americans and Canadians playing. And then you've also had um, this one that we had on the weekend. Um, it was really, really exciting. I think one thing that they really struggled with in that Northern Hemisphere tour was was their set piece. You know, look at that first 50 minutes, you know, the first 45 minutes, you know, they had 10 line-outs and they were rock rocking at 90%, whereas you can't say that in the Northern Hemisphere tour they were losing line-outs and probably at that kind of 50 60% mode. So um, really exciting times for those girls. And, look, if they can continue to keep evolving, and I know it's hard to say um, if you play, if they were to play an English or a French team, would they would they be as competitive and would they win that test match? I'm not too sure just yet, but... Um, look, they're making a lot of improvement. Very similar to the All Blacks. We wanted to, to see the improvements in, in the Black Ferns. And look, we're seeing that with the ability of their play in their attacking phase, asking the right questions with their skill set around their tip plays, 
And then I think also their set piece as well, especially their line-out has improved a lot from their Northern Hemisphere tour. The, the other point is their kick strategy. Like, if you look at the Northern Hemisphere tour, like, it was sort of like they, they would kick, then they'd chase. It wasn't a plan, but you could see there was a clear plan because when there was a kick, you, you, I always you try to see how many black jerseys are in the frame. Man, they just swarm that field. Even with line breaks, black you know, they're just so clear on what they're trying to achieve and how they're trying to manipulate the opposition. And, and you talk about the French and the English. Mate, they're giving themselves every opportunity to win those test mm. matches. Like, w we know that it's going to be the driving malls and, um, you know, the scrum that will need to hold up on the day. But in terms of, um, you know, making the right decisions, manipulating defence and phase play, reactions, urgency urgency the work off the ball the urgency is just man it's it's streets from where it was it's it's really really slick that mm. wayne smith was pretty happy yeah like, not 100 not the professor's never never yeah. going to give you a 10 out of 10 report card no and and he won't be happy he won't want tries left out there you know that's that's the ruthless nature um and that's good because Look at that, like that, that keeps players on edge, it keeps those standards high, and he knows where he wants to, he knows what he's got to beat in, in France and England. He knows what's coming, so he, he will want complete and utter, you, you're not gonna get as many opportunities as they did, so you can't miss them. Mm. So when they're in the same position, and it's the one opportunity you get to win a World Cup, you've gotta be able to yeah. take it, and that's probably where his mind's thinking is, yep, we got, we got 15 opportunities tonight, we took 10. The scoreline looks good, it'd be easy to, but he's like, that five could be the one that we need to execute, and that's, we only get three that day. Yeah. It's so good watching Wayne Smith talk rugby again. Oh. Like, it's mm. so nice to know that, you know, I know he was playing bit parts here and there, but a guy with that kind of knowledge can come in and drop it on a team like that that desperately needed it. Yeah, and no, I think let's not um, undervalue Chrono's impact. You know, he's had a hell of a lot of experience for a long time um, in international rugby, and there's a big shift in that pack. Mm. Some real edge about the way and they I know, go about their business. And you can talk around, you've obviously been in the environment, and you're able to talk to the girls and that. You know, they're obviously they're wanting so much information. They're, they're thriving, you know, they're wanting so much information from Wayne and being able to want to be learned. They want to learn more and more and more, being able to have, you know, a guy like Wayne Smith and, I guess, his level of detail and his attention to detail, probably the most important thing as well. So, and you can see that in their game. You know, there were so many times on the on the weekend where you know people were in the right places, they're making the right decisions because you can tell they're, they're training it. You can yeah. tell they're training it. They're doing the preparation off the field, whether it be computer work, and then also on the field as well within that uh, within that group wanting to be better and probably a competitive environment. Well, as well with the girls that are in that in that in that group now. So, um, yeah. Like you said, Jeff, he's the professor. He's not yeah. a. It's not a first radio. So um, I yeah, I look forward to seeing the progression in the next next test match for these girls coming up just shortly. I think one of the important things that he does well is you, you spoke about it. If you have a coach that gives you a license, and and puts yeah. that belief in you, it brings the best out of you. And I heard Kendra Cox said speaking um, on the radio, and she said that he just sat her down. And he he said, "You've got to run. When you're running, we're at our best." I need to see Kendra Cox who's running mm. and did we not see that yeah. in spades the other night and look at the yeah. smile and the confidence and you know just oh the behind the back flick passes yeah it's yeah. just like I don't know it's just it just looks they just look so rejuvenated yeah um, that's what that's what makes a that's what makes a good coach because look, look you, you think of Kendra right you know she's arguably you know probably the greatest um 
black film we've ever had in our country, but can still question her and say it in a way as, look, we need this from you. If we're well, it's empowering, isn't and it? He's wording in a, he's wording in a way that can get the best out of Kendra, who's, you know, you'd arguably say has done it all. You could say she's done everything she can in the game, but, you know, can still bring the best out of her senior leaders, like, like a girl like Kendra, and then can probably go to a rookie and say, look, this is what I need from you, and we'll, we'll deliver it something in a different way, where it might just be clean and right I just need you to, to, to clean rucks. I need you to be efficient at the breakdown. Something like that, something really, really simple. So um, it comes back to his his level of why we're so lucky to be able to have a guy like that can that can go into that Black Ferns environment and can upskill and can, I guess, empower these women to hopefully run, win a Rugby World Cup um, in our shores very, very soon. And to think even more long-term than that, the women in this team are the future coaches. They're mm. the future analysts. They're the people who are going to take women's rugby forward because that's the next step here, isn't it? It's to get rid of the, the blokes who are there and, and get some of these women coaching women. And if you've worked under Wayne Smith, you have a really good idea of what you need to do. And now you've got that relationship, you've got a great confidant and resource that is always happy to help and, and talk things through and you know, not do it for you, he'll make you do it yourself, but he's there to, to prod and, and you know, maybe open up thinking and you know, he's a hell of a mentor. Um, so it's exciting, it's exciting for the future. Um, and you can just see, you know, because they're so thirsty for that knowledge, like it, it's a it's a great product. Like I, I, it was so it was really slick. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, they've come a long way. They've come a long way. The FPC was also on on the weekend. Um, game of the week for you? Oh, it would have to be the Wellington Auckland. Like I, I, I probably just didn't see that coming. You know, like Wellington have gone from last to fourth now, and you know, playing for a playing for a spot. Uh, no, Wellington. Bay of Plenty, sorry. Um, it's Wellington, Auckland this week. They're basically playing for a spot in the semis. Um, but Bay of Plenty were off to a hot start and, and they, they've just you know, lost to counties and now you know, losing quite convincingly um, against Wellington. And Wellington seem to be hitting their straps you know, at the right end of the time, but it will, it will take some beating of Canterbury. Um, they, they, they're just rolling on in. But Waikato as well, huge win over um, Auckland, which put, has put Auckland in a really tough spot to even make the four. Mm. And then with the game, you've got counties, because they bet they have plenty, they're now, you know, if they win this weekend, they, they promote themselves into the top four as well. So it's all go. Mm. It's all go. But they'll have to beat Waikato, so that won't be easy. But they, they, they almost sprung themselves into form and confidence after they played the uh, um, Volcanics down in, down in Tauranga the other day. Yeah. I think we had 16 or 18 games of rugby I think it was 18. this weekend. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. How much of that do you get in Japan? Do you get? Can you get all 18 of those games? Um, I, I usually can because I've got. Um, we can't get Sky Sport, um, Sky Sport over here. But now I've got. Um, I'm with Stan Sport at the moment. But um, what I'm finding out in Japan, the uh, Wi-Fi and 3G, 4G situation over here is. Uh, it's pretty tough. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to get as much as I, I'm trying to get as much as I can. But um, my Wi-Fi is coming in about. Seven days, so it'll make it a lot easier. But um, yeah, it's been good to see. It's been good to see. Nice, nice, nice. So, was there a player of the week? Looking forward to North Harbour. Sorry, I'm looking forward to North Harbour. Hopefully, getting the Ramfordy Shield. Oh, Shield Fever! <laughs> I'll use all my gigs. I'll use all my gigs to watch that. So. Shield Fever is alive and well on the North Shore. I can assure right? you that yeah. is, there is a lot of excitement brewing. Is there flags out the, the windows of the stores and tucks? It's, it's 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 exciting times. Oh, I'm so stoked to be commentating. I'm just frothing. 
Yeah, oh, I'm glad we could have allowed you the opportunity yeah, to have a you. shot at the Shield. Thank you. Counties did what we could to, thank to you. make sure that you, you could stay there. If you just hadn't had a slow start, you know, <laughs> Waikato would be the holders now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you get to have another beer with the job. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit of NPC then. Uh, game of the week for you, uh, Brennan, last week. Was there one that you really enjoyed? Um, it probably had to be, um, like, for me, it's going to be the North Harbour-Tasman game. I think it was great to see you know, the All Blacks be able to come back for Tasman. I thought, you know, the likes of Leicester Whangunuku and um, having Sevi Reese back would have made a massive um, impact. I think they did, actually. But, you know, I think Bryn Gatlin um, is probably one of the best games I've seen Bryn play in a Harbour jersey. You know, I think he's just continuing on his form drip from, um, from the Super Rugby and he's really just stamping himself to another level and being one of the best players um, in, in, my team, in the Bunnings NPC. So, but then I also thought, you know, Northland and Wellington, I thought, you know, Northland's ability to be able to get that result over Wellington was, was huge. And, and again, it seems like you're in everywhere in um, New Zealand was raining, uh, very sunny here in Japan. So I was watching a lot of wet games. So, but no, to get that result, I don't think they've beat uh, Wellington since 2014, Chip, if I saw an article right yeah. now. Yeah, so, oh, mate, that was an impressive, it was a hard fought when they had to D up for long periods yeah. and Wellington didn't cross their line which was yeah. which was huge and they and then you know, it was a five minute spell where they took two tries a rolling mall and then just before the break Morby so yeah and then lastly just the um the Taranaki game I think you know I thought Canterbury <laughs> for that game I thought they were going to get that get that result pretty easily considering Taranaki had not won and so um a hard fought um, you were there, eh, Jip? You were commentating Mate, that game weren't you? That was you my know, that was course. my game of the round like the turnaround yeah. from the Bay of Plenty game the week before from Taranaki, like mm. absolutely dominated at the breakdown and set piece, and then to respond like that on the team that was, let's be honest, the form team, like they were just putting teams away left, right, and centre. Um, I didn't see it coming, but you know, obviously good friends with Jared Hoyada, and, and you know they were they were really happy. But the forward effort, the forward defensive effort, was just Peter Gus, oh Peter Gus, Boshier, um, Pareti, um, you know Brown, Mitch Brown. Um, even Loft, Michael Loft, he, he was just into everything, the open side flanker. And, and I thought Ricky Rittali played one of his better games um, you know, in his 50th. It was, it was awesome to see. Um, when you combine that, Bay of Plenty rolling Auckland, it's quite an unpredictable tournament this year, Bryn. Oh, it is. I was just, just looking at the table. Like, yeah, it's, um, it shows how good, you know, having this competition of having... Um, an outright winner. I think, you know, for so long the, the championship and the premiership were was needed in the early part when it was first started with um, the new with the younger unions and, you know, probably not having the depth. But now, you know, it just shows I think it was a great decision to be able to have one outright winner because, you know, you know, they, even the likes of Otago, you know, they're 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 tracking along really nicely who you know, have been in the championship for so long. And it, even Hawks Bay, you know, Hawks Bay coming up and now um, you know, be very strong in this competition as well. So it just shows that, you know, it was a great decision, I think four unions at part in the PUs to be able to come together and have one competition and say it's going to be our right winner because you're right, Ross. It's all tight and, um, you know, teams from previous years from championship to premiership are beating them now and um, it's a much more um, tighter contest, especially on the table as well. The spread of talent seems spot on. You know, like if you use the NRL as an example, um, you know, the, the, the salary cap <laughs> and we do. means... Yeah, and we do. There's, there's good spread of talent and, like, it is so unpredictable and that's what brings people to it. Like, you're going to watch if you don't know who the winner is going to be. It's going to give you, you know, peak your interest. So, you know, you talk about sort of we've got our core traditional fans, but there's plenty of fans in waiting out there 
and this sort of style of competition and the tight nature of it is just so important to you know, getting bums on seats and eyes on screens. Mm. I just like it because it's maybe less cynical, if you know what I mean. When you think about it versus Super Rugby, it's because of the nature of the players not being professional across the board. There's something about it which reminds me more like schoolboy rugby. It's, yeah. it's free-flowing. It's, it's definitely free-flowing. You know, it goes. It's, there's freedom. A lot of points. Play. A lot of points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, you talk about bringing it, and I thought Caleb Trask was huge for that victory yesterday. Um, no, sorry, on Sunday. Um, it, was, it was massive. He, he, he's playing some great footy, um, getting some decent minutes in tenor. Um, the old Chiefs, the old Chiefs, two tens. They were. I, I couldn't split them. I thought, you know, Bryn and Caleb were, were the players of the weekend and, and massive in getting the results. Mm. Are you in the commentary team for the Shield Challenge this week? I am, mate. You are. I am super pumped. All right. I'm expecting a let's go Bodie moment from you. Yeah. Let's go Bodie. <laughs> you know, like a marshy. Oh, cool. oh, leaving him home in the oh, World Cup. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope not, but it'll be hard to. Control. <laughs> I see that they've released Brody Retallick kindly just in time for the, the, for the shield for the shield challenge. So um, the, the the boys up front will have their hands full um, yeah. with, the, with the big man coming back off a long run up. Yeah. Look out! Hold, hide your ribs at breakdown time. Right. He uh, won't miss. Can we get the shield in here next week? A few blokes with it. Surely you can pull some strengths. Oh, this. definitely. Oh, I'll say Peter White. Is there any chance? Yeah, yeah. Try and get a player in. Yeah, totally. Yeah. A dedicated episode to Harvard. Yeah, yeah. It's niche. To the Some shield. Some English fans might be like, yeah. what's going on there? <laughs> Not sure about this, but um, <laughs> I, I'll definitely try. Yeah. Pete White. Cheers, mate. Yep, yep. Cool oh, I, think, I hope they do. Oh, so mate, you, they do. you know what I've just done, oh, though? Okay. They'll, 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 the Hawks Bay Magpies team will cut this up and just say, look yeah. at this chump. Yeah. yeah he thinks he's already won it. Yeah, they're just coming down here. They'll just use it to motivate. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've had a slip up there. <laughs> I've, I've gone too early. Shield fever's got me. We've had a lot of shield fevers against Hawks Bay. Eh? How many do you have against Hawks Bay? I think we've had like three against Hawks Bay. Yeah, we had a lot against Southland too. Still can't get over Jason Rutledge scoring in the 81st minute. Anyway, let it go. Canterbury, it was tough. Canterbury 80th minute. Canterbury 80th minute. Oh. Glenn oh, Jackson yes. awarding yeah, the try. I love it. I love it. Sure speaking to Jason Rutledge afterwards, he said, oh, I don't know if I got it down. <laughs> <laughs> You've just broken me, Cabbage. Yeah. You've just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> broken me. That's right, go tell the refs. Yeah. Take it back. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't think that you've motivated Hawks Bay. Oh. It's not like you're on the front page of the Herald with your bicep and oh. a bunch of titles on your arm. Mind you, know? you, that didn't work, did it? He had the best game in his Crusader career <laughs> after, after doing that. Put the onus on him to deliver. The difference is I don't get to go out there on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, come on, Lance. Yeah, come okay. on. Come let's, on. Let's have some uh, predictions there. Let's start with the Shield game. Where do you see that one going? I think Harvard can, can do it. Completely put your heart away. Mate, you just got to look at their performances. Like they are, they're, they'll need to match up front. Like, and, and with a guy like Retallick, he could be the difference. Like, no, no joke, he definitely could be. If he can disrupt the line-out ball, um, you know, and potentially, you know, around those breakdowns and, and sort that out. And, and, you know, you don't get the guys like Tavita Lee, Bryn Gatlin involved. You know, Mark Talia, um, Sean Stevenson, if they don't get the ball and they're on the back foot, they're not going to be effective anyway. So that'll be the challenge. There's, it's a young pack. 
you know, there's, there's not a hell of a lot of experience there. Um, but they're, they're sitting, you know, standing up, Sui Fuller and um, the, the Lucy's and, you know, the Type 5 Mike Curry's been really good. Um, so there's enough there to do the job. Um, but that'll be, the, that'll be the making of the game. That'll be the winning and losing. And Hawke's Bay, they'll go to them all. They're so good up front. So if you can't match them there, then Hawke's Bay will win. Yeah. Brent, hand on heart. Oh, I think yeah, the, the things that Jip talks about is it's going to be really crucial in shield footy. And the, I guess the good good thing that when you do have playing the rain finish, you've got to have a good goal kicker if it's tight. And you've got a guy like Bryn Gallen who um, can score a lot of points. I don't, you know, how many, I don't know how many kicks for the week. He was seven yeah, well, out was, of he was seven. The, it was nine out of nine, I think, in the end. He was the difference. Yeah. And so, yeah, whenever you can have a guy like that in shield rugby, if it's tight and you can get a guy like that, um, it's going to be really good. But, yeah, I think it's going to be – I think the – the pack, the Harbour pack's just been, you know, going along quietly and getting the job done and, and playing really well. But it's going to be a big test up against these um, Hawks Bay boys who, you know, have defended the shield a lot of times against a lot of different teams. And so um, they're experiencing around there, knowing what they need to get those and how to get up for those occasions, not just emotionally, but understanding what it looks like and being able to perform under pressure. Um, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for Harbour. Um, you know, if they can get if they can get um, some some ball out to Mark Tilley and likes of Tavita Lee and Bryn being able to run up the line, and Jamie Booth, who I think was 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 great on the weekend as well. Um, I'm looking forward to that matchup, Brad Weber, Jamie Booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Falau playing? Eh? Hey? Is Falau fucking No, nah, he's back in the squad. I think I don't think he's released. But they yeah. may get released um, later in the week. I don't know. Yeah. But Weber's one other playing under the skin. Good. Sorry. Oh, he is. Shush, James. No, he is. <laughs> No, he is, mate. He is. Um, but I think the other game, that one other game that I'm looking to, we've got a can't stop being biased, just Harbour. Um, there's the Tasman Canterbury game. It's always a great fixture. Those two games. So that game, they're playing right. They are playing. Am I right? Yeah, they are. They are. And Nelson, yeah, so, I think. Uh, that's always, yeah. yeah, that's always a great encounter. And probably Friday night. Probably Tasman need that game. I think. Yeah, better slow start. So you like to think they want to get back on the horse, but they want against Canterbury. Well, that's one down. I yeah. mean, I, I wasn't expecting any different answer from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the Blackferns versus the Wallaroos. This isn't really about who wins it. It's about what kind of margin here. Where, how big are they going to go this week? I think you've got to be careful that they don't fixate on that. Like, yeah. like they've got to go, OK, we want a 85% strike rate of opportunities to score this week or... Um, some other measure that's not outcome because I just you know like when you when you go into games it's just the wrong mindset to go oh we we're going to win by sixty or seventy because normally you'll just win by three yeah because you're just not that edge isn't there but as a punter um, you'd have to think based on Wayne Smith's comments he's expecting <laughs> he's, another a, 30 points he's expecting an, at least another ten or fifteen so um, but the the Wallaroos will be better. They will be better because that, that was a completely different performance to what they experienced. So they've now got that to analyse. So it may tighten up a little bit, to be honest. Mm. What do you think, Bryn? Yeah, similar, similar to Jip. I just think um, it'll be an improved, more improvement, more improved performance. Sorry, and I think we'll just see a continuation of, especially more so their attack and their kicking, um, attacking style. Um, they'll keep getting better, and then hopefully it's dry ball over and. And Aussie as well, and they'll be able to, um, you know, score a lot more points. And so, yeah, I think, and I can't imagine. I know, knowing Wayne, you know, there's no way they'll be outcome focused around how many points yeah. we need to score. It's be able to nail your role in that moment at whatever specific time that is in the game. Defensively attacking, scrummaging, line out, 
whatever it may be. You just nail your role and you keep winning your moments, moment after moment after moment, and the score will take care of itself um, through that kind of mindset. That's our role in the whole landscape of New Zealand rugby <laughs> is to be outcome focused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and well, we know what the outcome is going to be in the Shield game. We know what the outcome is going to be in the, the Blackburns game. Do we know what the outcome is going to be when the Springboks take on the Wallabies this weekend? Springboks. Springboks. Close. I just think yeah. there's so many injuries um, and just depending on how the team's selected. There's just, you think about how we've analysed it here, mm. all the question marks we've got when we're talking about the Wallabies, we're not quite sure, mm. but we're very clear when you talk about the Springboks. Yes, there's a blueprint there if you can disrupt and not let them kick on their turns and you match them at set piece, you're a chance. Mm. But you still got to take those chances. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, oh yeah, you just have to think Springboks. You'd have to think Springboks and yeah, I think they will, but for whatever reason, they aren't always great travellers in, in mm. Australia, you know. So, um, you know, with all the analysis that we've talked about, you know, with what I've seen, you'd have to think, you know, I think they're probably 10, 10, 15 points better than the Australians. That's what I reckon, if, it was, if I was to make a call about it. But, um, yeah, funnier things can happen in Australia, definitely. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see There'll be a lot harder edge to that Wallabies pack because they were... Um, beaten up a little bit by Argentina and you know that Dave Rennie's not going to like seeing that so mm. and even Slipper was pretty scathing of a, um, you know their performance afterwards so there will be a there will be a lift um, I just don't know with all the injuries if they've got the kettle that can match the, the Springboks at the moment. If there were Ala Alator and Seal could be back so that's a good bit up front to yeah. put a bit of starch in there. Yeah um, I know it's my idea, but I reckon that Samo or a bigger player at seven would be yeah would be critical in giving themselves a chance. Oh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> can't wait to see it. You were supposed to be part of the Dave Rennie coaching group. Yeah, I might be kicked <laughs> out now. Might be kicked out now. <laughs> Sometime soon. He, he might he might uh, get rid of me. Okay, and lastly, the All Blacks versus Argentina in All Christchurch. Blacks. All Blacks. Bye. Ten to fifteen. How does it play out for you, Bryn? No, copy and paste. I had around, yeah, about that kind of 10, 10, 10, 10 to 12 mark. So, yep. It's going to be a good, good test match. I think if the Argentinians can, you know, win the breakdown and get the kind of pitches that they had against the, Wall the Wallabies, um, it's going to be a really, you know, a tough encounter. And I just think it'll be a few moments here or there where I do think you, we'll get better. Do you reckon with... Because, like, I, I'm thinking it from a New Zealand aspect. Having the Crusaders with a test in Christchurch with the blueprint they know what works in those that 7 o'clock dewy condition this time of year, do you think Matera brings a bit of a, bit of a helping hand in terms of Argentina's prep, well, knowing exactly how those certain players think and how they'd like to play and how they want to manipulate? I hadn't I think even definitely. thought about it till just then. I definitely, I definitely think so. I think his experiences of, you know, what, because again, a lot of those senior All Blacks, you know, you look at, especially look at the forward pack, you know, the likes of you know, your Scott Barrett's and your Sammy Wallach who have big influences in, in that group. Um, he'll be able to give them a pretty big mindset around like what they're coming into mm. and knowing what that week will look like for those big players and what, what their preparation looks like and I guess the mindset that they have on an everyday basis. So um, look, I think, He'll be loving the challenge. I reckon, I know Pablo, he'll be wording it in a way that 
in that Argentinian fire and spirit that will be getting those boys' juices going. Um, so I reckon it's yeah, key it's they don't get the juices going too much because what's worked for them is the discipline has been better. Mm. So it is a fine line of going too far. Yeah. Um, and saying that, um, death taxes and slow starts from the All Blacks, you know, a bit of passion at the front doesn't hurt you too much. No, that's true. Um, maybe it is just 10 points. Maybe it's a bit tighter. I, I hadn't considered the, the Pablo factor. <laughs> and if they were to win, people are going to be saying, was he a mole? Was that a plant? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was his, that, that was a, their, their long game. It was a masterstroke from the Argentine <laughs> rugby community. Yeah, okay, with that being said, I think uh, we're probably not going to see that happen, so. No. Well, you never know. You never know what's happened it's, before in Australia. Well, so. I've made many a prediction this year that has uh, <laughs> gone the other way, to say the, to say the least. But it's been a couple of years of firsts. Oh, you know, yeah. You never know. Oh. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Bryn. Good to see you again. See you, Bryn. Cheers, Jibba. I hope we see you next week with Ranfilly Shields oh. and uh, after another consistent performance from the All Blacks. Seeing it all over again. Beautiful. Look forward to it. Jeez, you're going to be tough to take with the shield in here. <laughs> they might not give it to me. They, <laughs> they might be like, you're a has mate. Yeah, yeah. Move on. <laughs> you be, the, the flag has been flying behind Yeah, you. true, true. And the Blues jersey. Look at yeah. that. What other TV show features a the commercial? Flag? The commercial team will be happy with me. Yeah, absolutely. All absolutely. the commercial teams. <laughs> hey, well, thank you very much Cheers, as mate. well. We'll see you all next week for another Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Matewa.